Austin, and my name's Jason. And um, this is our first podcast, and today we're going to be recapping uh, the Mets' first two series against the Braves and then the Red Sox, and we're going to be doing a couple, a couple extra stuff towards the end. So let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to start out with our opening day game. We did win one nothing against the Braves. Seth Lugo got the win as Chris Martin got the loss for the Braves. Um, tight game the whole way through. It was 0-0 heading into the bottom of the seventh. That was when Yoannis Cespedes hit a solo shot to deep left field to give the Mets a one nothing lead. Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, and Justin Wilson for the Mets. Edwin Diaz got the save. Um, the Mets had six hits, Braves three. Uh, like I said, tight game going all the way through. Jacob DeGrom went five innings, eight strikeouts, and only one hit given up. So, pitcher's duel, to say the least. And then the new guy, well, not new, but coming back from a long injury, you know, an assessment this comes through for the Mets. And we head to game two. Jason? So, in game two... It was a rough one at the end. We started off the game, match pitch, match pitch six six innings, one one earned run. Third run was Duval Homer. Next, they brought in Familia, one inning, pitch great, no hits, no runs. Then they brought in Batances. He he pitched um two two point two innings, and he did okay. He let up one hit, no runs. Then they brought in Diaz. As you probably all know, as Mets fans, Diaz threw perfect two out, two outs. Then we, then Ozuna came up, and Ozuna hammered a slider outside. It was three two count. It was a good pitch by Diaz. Ozuna just had better hitting. And then in the tenth, we we we, brought, we had to bring Strickland, and Strickland didn't have a day. He got the L in this game. With the uh, with the new sorry to interrupt you with the new rule for the um, for the extra innings it's kind of tough and that's I feel like is the main reason yeah we couldn't uh, clutch that one out with the runner starting at second I I I really think either way Strickland would have blown that game Strickland <laughs> let up three hits three runs mm-hmm. there's really no excuse for that mm-hmm. and it when, wasn't when like up, when you let up three hits and three runs in one inning in the extra innings you're gonna lose the ball game that's what happens. Definitely, definitely. All right, um, now on to game three with Sawyer. Game three, this one, oh, this is tough. Rick Porcello started the game, and he did not show up to play. Um, He just not good. He only threw two innings, seven hits, six earned runs, three walks, one K. But the the Braves hit him. The Braves hit him around for sure. Um, Sean Newcomb got the start for the Braves. He only went three and a third as they went to Julio Shashin to, um, and he got the win for the Braves. The Mets did put up one run in that game, but wasn't very exciting. We only had, we had six hits, but we really couldn't capitalize. The Mets left 10 guys on base that game. So 
not really any productive coming out of that 14-1 loss. And you give up 17 hits to an extremely good team, that's what's going to happen. Uh, Rick Porcello got the loss, and obviously there was no save 14-1. That's all I got to say about that game. Now we're going to go on to game one with the Red Sox. Michael Walker had a great first outing with the Mets. Five hits, one run. You can't ask for really anything better than that in a fourth pitcher's first start. You can't, That's a great outing for him. Then they brought in Chad Shreve. I really have, haven't heard much of this guy. I've heard him here and there. He's pitched, whatever. He actually didn't do too bad. He he went two innings, one hit, and one on one on run. That's okay for him. Then we brought in Familia. He pitched two thirds of an inning, two hits, and two runs. I'm Familia's got to sharpen up a little bit. He he's been he pitched okay in some games and other games he completely blew up like last year. And then there's going to be some games where he's going to be lights out for an inning or two. And then after that, we brought in Lugo, who went one and one third, save the day, no hits, no runs, completely shut the Red Sox offense down, and we ended up pulling that game with us seven four. Now on to game two with Sawyer. Game two against the Red Sox, and let me tell you, I am loving David Peterson. He went five and two thirds, seven hits, two earned runs, two walks, three Ks, a great first outing for a kid that made his major league debut and you know to play at Fenway that's just crazy yeah David that builds up the nerves even if even if even with no fans still playing at Fenway amazing um the Mets did put up eight runs that game uh JD Davis had a home run very very clutch home run actually really kind of started to seal the deal for us made it 5-1 with his home run and then the Mets kept the Mets kept tallying on. Nimmo doubled to make it six two. Jeff McNeil doubled to make it eight two. And we really ran away from there. Um, on the bullpen side, bullpen did particularly well. Drew Smith, he did he had he came in for one batter to finish off an inning. Very very well done by him. Justin Wilson, he pitched an inning, pitched an inning, no hits. That's always good. Batantis came in for an inning, gave up a hit, but everything's okay if there's no run scored. Hunter Strickland came in to close out the game. Obviously, no save opportunity with an 8-3 lead. Hunter Strickland gave up two hits, one run. It was earned. So he's really got to start picking it up. Matt Hall got the loss for the Red Sox. He only went two and two-thirds, three hits, three runs. Feels like what I'm seeing is the Red Sox are – not having their pitchers go as deep into games. That's what I'm seeing after this first after this first series with them. Um, the Red Sox also have very little starting pitching to work with. Yes, 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 so. 100%. Um, Mets all around. They played a very very good very good game. Jeff McNeil had a double. Cano had a double. Nimmo had a double. Like I said, J.D. Davis with a home run. We did leave eight guys on base. You don't really like to see that, but, you know, when you score eight runs, I really don't think you can um, compare it to anything. We the, we did allow the Braves to get 10 hits that game, but, I mean, I think that's fine. 10 hits, but if they only scored three runs, uh, not the Braves, sorry, the Red Sox, um, 
they left six, the Red Sox left six guys on base. So I don't know, could have been a different game if the Red Sox could capitalize, but thank God we were able to shut down. On to game three of the series. Now, let me tell you, before I get into this game, this whole series, the Red Sox catcher Vasquez has been absolutely raking. Home run, home run, home run, double. He is raking this series. So, now we're going to get into game three. DeGrom went six innings, three hits, and let up two runs. I'm gonna say it's it's a good out. It's it's definitely a good outing. But for the De, for Degrom, Degrom is normally better than that. Degrom is normally six innings, three hits. Okay, it, three hits is good, but he's normally gonna let up one run or sometimes zero. Still a great outing, but he definitely could have done better. Next, we're gonna go into Seth Lugo. He pitched an inning, one hit, one run. He looked a little bit shaky. I, I would say he's still the most reliable in our bullpen, even even because of this one inning, he's still going to be our guy to go to. And then Justin Wilson, who took the big L here, he went um, two and a third innings, three hits, three runs. When you give up three hits and three runs in an inning, not even an inning, two thirds of an inning, that's just t- t- like that's just you can't do that, especially with only sixty games. You have to be able to tighten up, especially the bullpen. You have, you have, we have to be able to get every single win we can. And with Wilson on the mound this game, we couldn't. Next, we're gonna go into Batances. He came in to get out of that inning with that Wilson blew up. And no, I'm not gonna say anything about that. No hits, no runs, shut down. And then they brought in Familia to kind of just keep keep the game a game, and he let up. He he let out one uh one hit through one inning no runs. That's a good outing for Familia, and we ended up taking that L six five on a Robbie Cano bloop single, which I thought was gonna drop, but it was caught, and we lost six five. What a great game, especially in that eighth and ninth inning. That was an that was an awesome game. Uh, game game four and the final game of the series. This one was tough, man. Christian Vasquez started the Red Sox off with a home run to, to left, and that kind of kicked it off for them. Jeff McNeil, though, he did come through. He singled to make it 2-1 for the Mets, but then Christian Vasquez again, a two-run home run to give him a 3-2 lead, and then Jose Peraza was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded to make it 4-2. On the pitching side for the Mets, Steven Matz got the start. He went five and a third, eight hits, three runs, three Ks, two walks. Not a great outing from him. Drew Smith did come in, won it, one inning and two thirds, no hits. Drew Smith, very well done. Familia, one inning, no hits, no runs. Edwin Diaz, however, he went one and a third, one hit, one earned run, two walks, one K. Starting to think we're seeing the Edwin Diaz from last year, right, Jay? Yeah. And Paul Seawald did come in and finish that inning after they took Edwin out. No hits. So the pitching, not awful. I think I think Matt's could have done a little bit better. I think Edwin could have done a little bit better and tightened it up. Um, the Mets did leave nine guys on base, though, so that was my and, main, main, and my main went, concern. And they went one for ten with one in scoring position. Yeah, so – we got to really start capitalizing. Timely hitting is the word I'm looking for. We only we only put up five hits that game, though. 
and we didn't score after the third inning. So we yeah. really got to start tightening it up. I would say that this was a series we definitely should have took in at least three of those games. Like those last two games that were tight that we lost, we needed to take at least one of those. I, there's I, any? I could even argue we could have swept them. Yeah, maybe. If there's any positives from this from this series with the Red Sox or this game, I should say, Jeff McNeil did go two for four with two RBIs. So, I mean, you love to see that. Pete Alonso, he did hit a home run. I think it was – it wasn't – I don't know which series it was in, but um, I really hope he starts hitting the ball again. Yeah. I just hope this team can come around. And we're going to need some of these guys who are inconsistent sometimes, like – Basically, half our bullpen, Familia, Batantis, Wilson, Diaz, they're going to have to sharp, sharpen up and at least be okay. I think like, the only guy we can count on right now is Seth Lugo. 100%. And Wilson is going to be good two out of three times also, but he's just going to be unpredictable. You just don't know when he's going to be good, when he's going to be bad. So it's a risk putting him in, but if you put him in and, he, and he, he's going to do either great or he's going to not do so well like he did here, he went – he let up three hits and three runs in just two thirds of an inning and took them off. And now, um, Justin Wilson, he really has a tough time. He's going to have a tough time this year because remember last year he was kind of that lefty specialist where right? he was yeah. in for a batter. Now, now so he's going to come with in the new rule. Multiple outs. Mm-hmm. With the new rule, it's going to be harder for him, but he's going to have to adjust. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for the. Seven games we've had. We're now three and four on the year. We play tonight, right, Jason? Yes, we play against the Braves. Tonight's ma- tonight's um, matchup is, I believe, um, Rick Porcello versus Sean Newcomb, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I will just double-check that. I will double-check that for you right now. Tonight's matchup. Um, I'm not seeing it on my screen. Nothing's loading for me. Oh, yes, Porcello. It's definitely Porcello. It is, and Sean Newcomb. Yes, Rick Porcello versus Sean Newcomb. 7-10 tonight on SNY, playing at SunTrust Park in Atlanta. Yeah, this series is one that we got to take three. Mm -hmm. Definitely got to win the series. Is it a four-game series, Jay? Um, I'm not sure. I think think so. Okay. Because the first series against them was just three. Yeah, so I might be four, might be three. three Still, we got to win this series. Either for way, sure. Yep. And then we're going to go to our next segment, which is going to be lineups. So we, me and Sawyer both wrote up our right uh, – when we're facing a right-hand pitcher lineup and when we're facing our left-hand pitcher matchup. And we're going to compare lineups and debate of who should be where – and we're going to just see. And All right, you want to I, start it off? I will also be giving you some stats with my lineup. With my. All right, so do you, do you want to go first? All right, I'll start it off. Um, we're good. for my right-handed. Uh, I'm gonna lead leading off for me. It's gonna be Brandon Nimmo. I think we've got the righty. We've got the lefty-righty matchup. I think he's him. It's him or Ahmed, and I feel like Ahmed. I'd rather put Ahmed in the two, which is where he is here. So it's Nimmo, Ahmed. Then I have Conforto in the three. I'm trying to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty. I, I put Pete in the four, McNeil in the five. Cespedes in the six. I put Cano down in the seven. 
JD in the eight and Ramos in the nine. Remember the universal DH, Cespedes is DHing for us. All right, um, so I'm just going to straight up say my lineup is really in the spots. It's really different from yours. I'm going to say, so leading off, I have to go with Brandon Nimmo against right-hand hitters. He's hitting 292. He's got three RBIs and one home run. That's To start the season, that's just what you want. In the two-hole, I got Jeff McNeil. He's hitting 308. He's got five RBIs, and he hasn't hit a homer yet, but I could just see one coming. In the three-hole, we got Pete Alonso. He's been struggling a little bit. He's hitting 222. He's got one home run, two RBIs. We, we would think we would want some more out of him, but I think he'll heat up soon. Now in the fourth hole, we got Michael Conforto. He's hitting 292. He's got two RBIs and a homer. Again, he's been the guy that we need to depend on in the eighth or ninth inning because I think it's been two or three games in a row that he's struck out in big spots. So now let me just let me just uh, interrupt you. If you want your best player right now, don't you want him closer to the top? Um, Because, yeah. I mean, look, I don't disagree with you. Him and Pete can go either way. But I think Pete's got more power than he does, and I feel like the four hole is the guy. I mean, look, they each got two RBIs and one home run. They both – Agreed. I think Conforto is going to get more hits and- – but I think Alonzo is going to be more of the guy. I mean, I, I guess you could reverse them, but I just think of Alonzo in the three-hole because if Alonzo gets on base, it's just another guy for Conforto to drive in mm-hmm. because he has more hits right now. So I think that's the way to go. And then after Conforto, I got uh, Cespedes DHing for us. He's hitting 182. He's got two home runs and two RBIs. His two RBIs were both on two solo shots. Hit one of his solo shots for an opening day, the one run that we scored, and another one was late in the game, I, I believe in game three of the Red Sox series. Then, after Cespedes, we got J.D. Davis. He's hitting 286. He got three RBIs and, and a home run. That's pretty good, especially for our seven hitter in this case, a uh, six hitter in this case, to be able to hit 286, and he's driving in runs, and he's got a home run. Then, after that, we're going to go with Robbie Cano in the seventh spot. Um, he's hitting 286. He's got an RBI. He doesn't have a home run, but he's heating up right now. He is definitely heating up, which is why a few days ago, he would have been an eight hole, maybe even a nine. So, and then for my eight hitter, we got Wilson Ramos. He's hitting 211. He's got no RBIs and no home runs. He's definitely, no, he did miss some time of spring training, most of the time. He only got to camp about, I think, two or three days before opening day. So he got limited time mm-hmm. to practice. So right now, he's not he's not going to be the starting catcher every day. He's going to have to split time with Thomas Nito and Rene Rivera. It's just going to have to happen. Then in the nine hole, kind of as my double leadoff, I'm going to have Med Rosario. He's hitting 231. He's got three RBIs, no home runs. He has been pretty hot lately. I'm pretty, he had an RBI triple the other night. I just think against right-handed hitters, he's better in the nine-hole than in the two-hole, like you said, Sawyer. All right. I mean, we actually had – we only had two things that we agreed on on this lineup. Yeah. So – but that really – it kind of gets messed up when you have guys that you have in the top and Jason moves to his bottom. It's whatever. I left-handed, it's going to surprise most of you guys. So leading off, I have Ahmed. I think me and Jason both agreed on that we're going to have Ahmed lead off against lefties. Yep. Uh, batting two, I have Jeff McNeil. I think even against the lefty, I think Jeff can do 
basically just as good as he can against righty. So I don't really think that's got a huge difference. Batting three, I have Jornis Cespedes. I think with the lefty on the mound, I want to get most of my righty to the, closer to the top of the order, which is why I have Cespedes, then Pete Alonso at the four. Same thing with my righties. I just think Pete should stay right there in that area. At the five, I have J.D. Davis. I tried, I tried to get – so I did get three righties in a row for the lefty starter. Um, at the six, however, I put Michael Conforto. I think he's still got to be in the lineup close. I don't think he can be under six. Um, at the seven, I have Brian Dozier. It's a new pickup for the Mets, and I think he could still be an asset to our team, even if his age is getting up there. Um, and then at the eight, I went with Tomas Nito. I think him and Wilson Ramos are going to split time, and Nito's very good against left-handers. So I think that's basically the main reason why he's there. And um, this one's going to surprise you. At my nine, I have Ryan Cordell. Yes, who is Ryan Cordell? Um, he's a recent pickup, I think. Uh, he was born in 92, so I don't know how old that makes him. He wasn't drafted by the Mets, drafted by the Rangers in 2013. He's 28 now. Um, but I really just, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I'm riding the, I'm riding the Ryan Cordell train. Hey, look, Cordell, he's not in my starting lineup, but I can tell you if if I was Luis Rojas, he would definitely be one of my first bats off my bench in a late game. Cordell was on the White Sox last year, and he um, now is in the Mets. He's now on the Mets. All right, now we're going to go on. I got my left-hand pitcher lineup. Batting leadoff, what you would probably all expect to get the left-hander. I'm going to have to put Ahmed Rosario here. Again, right now, he's he is three RBI. He's hitting 231, but I really think he's going to he, he's kind he's kind of getting hot. I think he will continue to stay hot, and I think he'll be hot for most of the season. It's a 60-game season. So think, think about it. If you're in a normal long season, hot like staying hot is sometimes 30, 40 games. In this case, that's half the season. So I think he'll be a huge asset to the Mets this year. Then in the two-hole, I'm going to have Jeff McNeil. Even though it's a left-left situation, I still have to put him in the two-hole. Jeff McNeil, he's hitting great right now. He's He's heating up. He's hitting 308. Got five RBIs and no home runs. Jeff McNeil's a two-hitter. Now, Jeff McNeil, however, he was robbed of a home run. Do not forget that. Mm-hmm. He was robbed of one he, he already this year by Ender and Ciarte. Also, in the first series against the Braves, first game, it was like the first or third inning or something. And he, Yes, he got robbed of a hit as well. He got robbed of a double by Freddie Freeman. Made an amazing play. Dove on the first baseline. Made an Made an amazing play. Now we're going to go on. It's the same spot in my uh, right-hand lineup. Alonzo is going to bat third. Alonzo, I feel like it's going to be great against lefties this year. I feel like Alonzo is just a three-hitter right now for the Mets. He's just, I feel like he's the safe spot, even though he's not really hitting well right now. I, I think he's going to eventually get back into 2019 Pete Alonzo form. Then in my fourth spot, I'm going to go with Yoannis Espedes. Cespedes is going to be one of those hitters who's either going to go yard or hit a double or strike out. Again, Cespedes has also failed. I think a game three against the Red Sox, he's, he's, uh, he took 2-0 and then swung at a curveball in the dirt. That's something that Yoannis Cespedes is going to do. 
he's going to have to learn from that even late in his career. Then in my five spot, I'm going to go with Michael Conforto. I, Conforto right now is the best hitter on the team. I really don't think you could put him any lower than five. But against lefties, he's going to struggle a little bit. So I, I, I can't put him lower than six, but I can't put him in the three or four spot like I would against righties. Then after Conforto, I'm going to go with J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis is hitting 286. He's got three RBIs and a homer. Um, I think J.D. Davis is going to be a sleeper this year, and I think he's going to come out and have a great year, and by next year he'll be higher in that lineup or by the end of the season. Then, even though he has really done nothing, I'm going to have Wilson Ramos against lefties. Um, Ramos is amazing against lefties. He's got great stats. Last year, when he went on that 20-something game hitting streak, most a majority of those hits were off of lefties. Then we're going to go batting eighth. We're going to go Robinson Cano. Cano has been getting hot lately, but I'm going to keep him in the eighth spot against lefties. Cano is not someone I would bet on to be hitting every game, like Conforto or uh, McNeil. And then after Cano, to end off my lineup, I'm going to go, he's my leadoff hitter against righties. I'm going to go with Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo, I feel like for me, has to be in my lineup. Nimmo's hitting 292. He's got three RBIs and a homer. But Brandon Nimmo, I feel like, has to be in my starting lineup if I'm Luis Rojas. So that's going to do it for our injury, uh, not injuries. Uh, it's going to do it for our lineups against right handed pitchers and left handed pitchers. Right now, I just do want to go over some injuries with you guys that might be brought to your attention. So Jake Marisnik is actually on the 10-day DL with a strained left hamstring. That's actually a pretty recent. It's only from two days ago is when he was first put on the DL. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything major. Same with Eduardo Nunez. He's got a uh, left knee contusion. Uh, since No, not I don't know if that's how you say it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Since 727, he'll be back soon. Jed Lowry says he's on 10-day DL with left knee discomfort. I don't Jed know if Jed Lowry's Lowry, alive. Tell me when the guy's going to play. I don't know if Jed Lowry's alive. He might. Honestly, I don't know if he's going to play this year. Yeah. You got Walker Lockett, 10 day deal with lower back discomfort. I really don't care about that. Honestly, yeah. Who cares you about that? You got Gazelman, who I really I think we need back in the bullpen. Yeah, we definitely need Gazelman back as a long relief pitcher. Or even if Peterson struggles, maybe we can throw him out for a start. Mm-hmm. Not, not to throw five or six innings like a normal starter would, but maybe just four, three. Open the game up, three or four innings. Just get. Get through the beginning of the game so we can, so it's less in the bullpen. Um, there you got Marcus Stroman. He's he's got a torn muscle in his left calf, and guys, that's not ten days. I think Marcus Stroman might be thirty days out because he look. Uh, I know people that have had experience with torn calf muscles, and I just think that it's not going to only be ten days for him to recover. Yeah, I mean, and that has been since seven twenty. It's seven. It's 7.31 now, so technically his 10-day would be over, I, but it's probably going to get extended. I did get a report last night that he's throwing to live Mets hitters today, so we're going to see how that comes back, and maybe Luis Rojas will take a gamble, take him off and start him within the next two or three weeks. We'll see. Two, three weeks? Two, three days. I mean, if he I looks good against live, if he, if he looks good against live, why not bring him back? I mean, but he's got to feel 100%. I don't want him going out there. We'll Still with an injury. Then we got Brad Bratch. And- yeah, and especially right now, we we don't want to rush Stroman back when David Peterson Agreed. is doing a fine job. Agreed. We got Brad Bratch, who's on a 10-day DL for an undisclosed injury. I don't know what that means. 
So, and I'm 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 really a little bit worried because he's not a terrible reliever for us. He, uh, then we yeah. got then we got Jared Hughes. He's got COVID, so hope he feels better. And of course, you got Noah Syndergaard with the Don't Tommy John. To me that Tommy this guy. John. We just trade him. I'm telling you, this guy. You don't is not need to good. trade him. He'll be back he next will. year. He'll be back next year. No, we gotta trade him. I'm no. telling you. Uh, when is he on contract till? I don't know, but I wonder when he's he still. I wonder how long, or I wonder when his contract's up. Last year, I all, all when I hear his name, all I remember is the the game where he let up like ten runs in two innings against the Cubs. I'm pretty sure. And what? Just, when I hear yeah. his name, I remember Game Three of the World Series in 2015. That was five years ago. But still, I mean, think about it. That 2015 team was insane. Yeah. And I remember we Game Three of the World Series. He threw over Alcides Escobar's head to start the game. I'm gonna actually look up when he's on contract. Till just give me a second. Honestly, if we could, honestly. If we could trade Syndergaard to the Indians and we can get back, so Lindor's gonna be a free agent after this year. So I was thinking if we could, they're gonna want to get rid of Lindor anyway. Well, so, yeah, I think he's, I think he's, um, I think he's like, I think he's going to free agency. I don't think that he's gonna. I honestly, I would be okay if we would go out and get trade Lind- Syndergaard. And I think we should just prospects. get Lindor. Just get Lindor. I was thinking Lindor and Clevenger, but if we want to just get Lindor, let's get Lindor. But if like we need another starter to replace Syndergaard. So, Noah Syndergaard is under contract through 2021, so his contract is almost up. So, mm-hmm. I don't think we should trade him, because then, think about it, he'll just go right into free agency after we trade him. All right, we'll see. Because that's it. Remember, remember what happened with Machado? He got traded yeah. to the Dodgers and only spent, like... But the, but the Dodgers only wanted him for that playoff run. True. True, but still, I mean, I don't think anybody – because think about it. Manny Machado, he plays every day. Syndergaard only pitches every five days. Yeah, exactly. So why would you want – so I think Mets are going to keep him until he goes into free agency, and then we see what happens there. We'll see. So anything else we'd like you would like to cover? Um, I think we're good for now. We're going to try and get another podcast out in the next few days. It's tough because we both play baseball and we're not on the same team, so we have different schedules. Mm-hmm. But this weekend, I'm pretty clear, so I think I could definitely record one this weekend. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, and we're obviously uh, when we go, what our podcast, what they're going to be is we're going to go over basically just recaps and new news for Mets. Um, oh, and um, for the Mets fans out there, this is something I'd like to discuss. Jose Reyes did retire. Oh. Awful. One of the greatest Mets, maybe top top ten, a top ten Met. Has to be Jose Reyes, definitely. He's been on and off our team, but he's definitely one of those guys who, even if he doesn't retire in our team, we have to. Mm-hmm. He did take he did take a curtain call in the last game of the 2017 season because that was when he was gonna. That was his last game as a Met. Yeah. Um, but now he's mm-hmm. officially retired, and um, one of the greats. The Mets. He's one of those guys I'm gonna remember that almost when I think of David Wright retiring, I'm gonna think of mm-hmm. him with David Wright retiring. Like some Mets fans, they grew up with Tom Seaver. Some Mets fans grew up with Daryl Strawberry. Us, 
young Mets fans who grew up with David Wright and Jose Reyes. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think that'll do it. My name is Sora Bogatti. And my name is Jason. Um, we will see you guys next time. Later, guys. Yep.